We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori Simone. I'm your host, Tori Simone, and I hope you guys are all settled into summer, having an amazing, you know, beginning to the summer season, an awesome weekend that you guys just had. It's currently, well, tomorrow's actually the first day. Oh, I'm still wearing my headphones. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, so embarrassing. I'm going to take them off now. Um, it's technically tomorrow's the first day of June, but when I tell you I am still absolutely freezing, it's not an exaggeration. I'm literally in a sweatshirt and sweatpants over here in Sea Isle at the beach. Um, I don't know, man. It's just staying like five degrees chillier than what I'd like to, uh, what I'd like to see for, for June, but Anyway, it's June. Happy June. I hope you guys are loving it. Um, With it being June, I am beginning my academic year digital planner for the Manifest Planner. And I'm so excited because that means that it's been one year of the Manifest Planner product being out, which is so crazy that it's already been a year of that being out. Um, And I knew that this would obviously happened in a year, but it just flew by. And I think I'm going to make it special and release two different versions of it. Um, One version is going to look pretty much exactly the same as how it does now. And then I'm going to make like a different style too of the manifest planner that has all the same, you know, stuff in it that we know and love, but a little bit more of a different look. Um, And I'm excited for that as well. So stay tuned for that. That will be released. Um, July, August, whenever, 
whenever that's done, I will have that ready to uh, be put out. But anyway, that's not what this episode is all about. But I hope you guys are having an amazing start of June so far and an amazing start to your summer. I'm feeling very in the swing of things here at Stride Sea Isle. We're open. I'm in a really good morning routine, which I think I'll make an entire podcast episode about like my summer morning routine very soon. And overall, I'm just feeling very good about how the summer is panning out so far. Um, But lately, I've been getting tons and tons of questions about running. And I wanted to make an entire episode about running. So that's what this episode is going to be. Honestly, at first, I was kind of going to hold off on this episode for a couple of reasons. One, I felt like I... The running space is so large that I was like, I feel like I don't know enough about running to comment on it. But then part of my advice in today's episode is like, you're a runner, whether you run five minutes, five seconds or 50 miles a day, you know what I mean? So I kind of need to take my own advice and be like, I can speak on something that I am really enjoying And that I'm really passionate about while also acknowledging that other people know so much more than me and I will continue to learn in this space. But in the meantime, it may as well um, answer a lot of questions that I'm getting from you guys and also just talk about how to begin running because that's pretty much the biggest question that I get is I want to start running or you've inspired me to start running, but I don't know where to begin. That's kind of where today's episode is going to be, how to begin running and then how to stay consistent in running. Because at least with me personally, you, you'll hear in a minute that I've been a very on again, off again runner and it's easy to fall out of it, but it's rewarding to stay consistent in it. And I feel like I have some tips to remain consistent when it comes to running. So Yeah. Um, I just wanted to preface this whole episode by saying, I know that I am still relatively new at running and I am not claiming to know everything. Um, nor do I want to know everything. Um, but I am running frequently. I really am passionate about it. I'm really enjoying it. And it's just funny to me because I always thought that, you know, I would be coming on my podcast to talk about like spinning and stuff, which is a huge part of my life. But you guys are so interested in the running aspect part of my life too. And I want to share it all. So today's all about running. As most of you guys know, I'm currently training for a marathon in November. So a lot of my discussions and posts lately have just revolved around my training for the reason being that it's... I'm very much so all in on this right now, and it's what I spend the majority of my mornings doing, so it's just a really big part of my life, and I talk about my life on my social media, so it would be weird if I didn't talk about it, so it's kind of hard, honestly, not to talk about, which is why there's been so much chatter about running on any of my social platforms lately. It's just a really big part of my life. So like I said, I get a lot of questions about you guys wanting to start running but not knowing how to begin. And I feel like my the questions have heightened even more with summer right around the corner, which I totally get. Um, I did not run in the winter of 2022, but I wanted, I started to like kind of get the bug a little bit in the summer. So I get it. When the weather warms up, we want to go outside and you want to do new things. So with a new season beginning, a new month, I feel as though it just is a really great time for anyone to get into running. And um, yeah, I just wanted to get this episode out there. I also get the comment a lot that, you know, 
I don't like running, but something about me wants to begin or I hate running. Like, how do you get into running? And trust me, I was right there with you. I absolutely hated running. And if you told me that I was going to make this episode five years ago, I would have laughed in your face. Honestly, if you told me that I was even training for a marathon five years ago, I would have laughed in your face. I so vividly remember saying to someone, I don't know who, but I said someone like, I will never run a marathon. Like these people are crazy and I'm training for one. So it's crazy how you can change your mind like that. So today we're going to deep dive into how to begin running, even if you hate running or even if you think you hate running, maybe you want to begin and you want to remain consistent with running. Um, so before I dive into the tips, I just want to chat about the I hate running mentality because trust me, I was one of those people and I was one of them. Um, I actually used to really, really like running. So the first race that I ever did was a 10 mile race in Philly. It's called the broad street run. And I ran that when I was 12 years old, I had a really great time and I kept running after that in seventh grade. Um, I did cross country and I actually did really well. I was placing, I was really fast and I really enjoyed it. And then between seventh and eighth grade, I must've hit puberty because come eighth grade cross country, whatever talent or skill I had in seventh grade was completely gone. Um, and I also just fell out of love of running come eighth grade. I was much slower than I was the past year. And I just didn't like it as much. I was also just kind of falling out of love with sports in general. I was very into softball up until eighth grade and I stopped doing that come eighth grade. So I just kind of like was on my, this was also when I became like very obsessed with YouTube and makeup, especially I've, I always liked makeup and stuff, but eighth grade is when I found YouTube videos and actually I started making YouTube videos in eighth grade. I started watching them in seventh grade and I was only watching makeup videos and I was just like obsessed. So my interest changed. I just feel like I became overall less athletic. And um, yeah, then I just started to have this mentality of like, I hate running. And that was my mentality for the next 10 10 or so years. When I would go for runs over the next 10 years, which was very rare, may I say, but it did happen every now and then. I would always be like, why does anyone like this? Like, it's so not fun. It's simply not for me. And I'm, I was always out of breath. It was really hard for me. And I didn't know how I used to run frequently because I just really did not like it. Come summer of 2021, my friend Brandy asked me if I would want to run a half marathon with her. It kind of came at like a super random time. Neither of us were like ever toying around with the idea, but she was like, do you want to do it? And I've explained this before, so I'll keep it kind of brief and short. But essentially, I wrote back and I was like, sure. Like literally, what's the worst that happens? Like we get hot. Like why not? So that was kind of the mentality. And then we started training. I made an episode, which I'll link down below, all about my half marathon experience and the training program that I did. But to briefly just give you the gist of it, my mom wrote a half marathon training program for me because my mom used to be a huge, huge runner. And um, so she made a program for me. And I, I would say that I fell off most of that program. I stayed somewhat consistent with the long runs. I would do like a long run every Sunday or every other Sunday. And for the first like two months, I was pretty good with running my tempo runs and my slow runs on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays was like my running schedule. 
But then once the distances got longer, I really just stopped doing my Tuesday, Thursday runs and pretty much just did my long runs. And I ran the race. I had a really great time running the race. It was really, really fun. And I, yeah, like I'll just keep it at that. Like I had a lot of fun, but I wasn't like so excited to sign up for my next race. Like my friend Brandy was like, let's sign up for this another, this next half marathon in March. And I was like, sure. And then I just never signed up for it. So like I enjoyed it, but I wasn't immediately going to sign up for a next race. You know what I mean? Like I was really proud of myself and I was good. I enjoyed running and you guys can listen back to the episodes. And I, I genuinely did enjoy it, but I don't think I was really hit with the running bug. I feel like right now I have the running bug and it's like fully bitten me and I'm like fully in it. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm like so in on it. But then I don't think I was. So something definitely changed between then and now. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that I've been able to use it for all of my businesses across uh, the last few years, and it's been really amazing. What I love the most is that I'm able to put down like exactly what it is that I want on Indeed and the candidates that match that get sent right to me. And then the hard part actually becomes narrowing down which ones are the best for me because they all are exactly what I'm looking for. And then it really just comes down to like, which do I vibe with the best? And that's honestly pretty hard to choose from. But Indeed makes it really easy for me to find really good quality candidates that find exactly what I'm looking for instantly. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Anyway, um, I'll link down that episode if you guys are interested. Come the holidays of 2022, this past holiday season. So I ran this half marathon in 2021, November. Um, for the next like 15 months, uh, 13 months, I didn't run. Um, and then about a year and some change after the half marathon um, around the holidays of last year, I just sort of started toying with the idea again of like maybe I, I'll start running. And I was talking about an episode uh, that I was pre-filming for the holidays on this podcast. And one of the examples that I said was a marathon example. Like if you were to run a marathon, I kind of forget the context of it, but I said it out loud on the podcast as an example. And then as I was, you know, editing this episode, I realized like, that's actually a really great goal. And I kind of want to do that. So I'm going to go for it. So I said it on the podcast as an example, and then it became like my real life. So on January 1st of 2023, I signed up for the Philadelphia Marathon in November of this year. So it's in a couple of months, and I started building a base from January till about April, and then my training program really began in May. And um, so I've been running for the past five, six months, and... I've just absolutely fallen in love with running all over again. And this is coming from someone who used to absolutely hate running. So to my girls that hate running, here's what I have to say. That is a narrative that we feed ourselves. If you want to become a runner, you absolutely can become a runner. Some runs are just going to absolutely suck. Okay. And that's just the truth of the matter. And some runs are going to be absolutely insane and better than any euphoria that you've ever felt before. Running, I'll get into why I really love running, but running is so much more than physical. It is such a mental sport, like dare I say a 99% mental sport. 
which makes it so rewarding. If you can change your mindset and write a new narrative, I think you too will fall in love with running. If you stop telling yourself like, I hate running, I hate running, you're going to stop hating running. And it's easy to be in the middle of a run and have it be difficult and say, I hate running. This isn't for me. That's easy. Like I could have done that on honestly, every single run that I've done since January, there has been at least one point in the run where it hurts or it sucks and I'm not having fun. And it's like, um, whether it's a minute or 10 minutes of the run, whatever it is, there's always a, some part of the run that's not easy and that's not enjoyable, but that's just part of running. And maybe I'm describing this horribly, but it really is very rewarding and you need those moments in the run to make the parts of the run that are awesome feel even better. So if you change your narrative and your mindset, I really think you two will fall in love with running. And I love running for a lot of reasons. And as a former hater of running, I can't believe I'm actually about to like sit here and proclaim my love of running. But if you're on the fence, here's what I have to say about why I personally love running. I love the accomplishment that I get when I run. Um, There is something really cool about your own two feet bringing you miles and miles. Um, About a month ago, I had a 10 mile run and I ran five miles out and five miles back. And at the turnaround point at mile five, I was two towns over from my house and I was at the movie theater. And I said out loud to myself, like, I just ran to the movies. And like, I thought that was pretty freaking cool that like my own two feet brought me to the movie theater and back on a Wednesday morning at like 8am. Like that was pretty cool. Um, I also absolutely love the solitude that running gives me. It is truly the only time in my day where my phone does not matter. I can't say that about any other time of my day, which I wish I could, but I just truly can't. Even if I go into a run feeling stressed out about something that's on my phone or a conversation I'm going to have or a meeting or whatever it is, like something centered on my phone, it always disappears in the middle of the run. It's the only time of my day that work does not matter. It's the only thing that matters to me when I'm on my run is my run. I find it incredibly hard to think about anything other than my run and positive thoughts. I can't even think negatively when I'm on a run and I'll tell you why. I was on a run, um, I don't know, maybe a month ago. It, It doesn't matter. But I was on a run and there was something going on in my personal life that was like stressing me out. And it was something that was out of my control and I have been trying to put it out of my mind because it was something that I couldn't control. And when I was on a run, I get into a deep thought process typically because I normally don't run with music or headphones or podcasts or anything like that. Sometimes I do, but for the majority of my runs, I don't. And I was, you know, thinking about a lot of things, mostly positive as they always are. But this one day I was like, you know what? I think I'm thinking very clearly right now. Let me think about this one situation that's stressing me out. And as soon as I started thinking negatively during a run, my stomach was in knots and my run felt horrible in that moment. And I was like, I, I can't think about this on this at this moment. And I stopped thinking about it and I instantly felt better and I was running better. So it's not even that I don't want to think about negative things on the run. I physically get like a bad reaction to when I do think about bad things on a run. It's easy to think about positive things on a run. It's easy to distract your mind on a run. Um, well, I shouldn't say to distract your mind. It's easier to forget about hard things when you are doing something that is hard. I find that when I'm on a run, I am incredibly 
clear-headed. I'm very much so at peace. I'm in my own bubble and nothing can disrupt me. It is very meditative. And as someone that has practiced meditation for years now, I find it hard to remain consistent in meditation, but the mindset that I get in on a run is light years ahead of how I feel when I meditate. And it's such an amazing like trance almost to be in. I mentioned this earlier, but I normally don't listen to music or podcasts when I go for runs. I really just go out with my thoughts and with my mind. And I've never been able to achieve this headspace with anything other than a run. Another thing that I love about running is I love watching my progress. And I'm not talking about physical progress. I'm talking about progression in running. When I started running in January of this year of 2023, I started at 20 minutes and that was my short or I guess also my long run, but that was just, that that was my run, 20 minutes. And I started at 20 minutes and my mile, my minute per mile pace or mile per minute, my pace, whatever was around like 1030 to 1050 minutes per mile. I don't know why that's tripping up right now. It was like a 1030, 1050 pace. And 20 minutes was honestly really tough. I would go on the trail by my house and I would listen to the all too well 10 minute version twice. So I would listen to it on the way out. I would listen to it on the way back and then I'd be done with my run. And that was really fun. But it was really tough for me, honestly. And like at times I was like, this is really hard. Like I don't know how I'm going to do this for another four hours, you know, because four hours, 20 minutes, marathon, whatever. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this for another four hours and run a marathon about this. But then over time, my runs would increase to 30 minutes and then 40 minutes and 45 and then 50 minutes. And then it became one hour and then 75 minutes and then 90 minutes. And with each progression, I would be nervous going into it. But then through the repetition of these times, 40 minutes became my new short run. And then 60 minutes became my new short run. And I would hit a milestone, be really proud of it, and then be able to make my new milestone somewhat of a base. And that was really cool to just to see the progression that happens. And what's really interesting is that my pace now is, and this is only five or six months later, is very comfortable sitting at a 9.55 to like a 10 minute mile for my slow pace. And I'm shaving off, I say minutes, but honestly it's like seconds, but I'm almost at a minute that I've shaved off of my um, pace, my slow pace, and I'm just getting really comfortable running for longer periods of time. And it's just been really cool to see my running progress. And look, nothing about running for me is about a physical thing for me. I'm not doing it to lose weight. I'm not losing it to tone up. It's really so mental. And it's just so cool to see the physical, not physical, it's really cool to see the running progression happen um, from my own two feet. It's it's just very cool. Another thing that I love about running is it starts my morning with a win and not even just like a small win, a huge win. I get to start the majority of my mon- mornings with a win from running. The high from running literally lasts all day. I'm not kidding. I'm buzzing all day long on the days that I have a run. Um, I just uploaded a YouTube video uh, documenting a week of my running and a week of workouts on my YouTube channel, which I will link down below. And you can just see like the high and the euphoria that running brings me. The days that I run are significantly better than the days that I don't. And the days on which I don't want to run at all, but I'm scheduled to run, I always come back feeling like I'm on top of the world. 
I just truly love it so much. And I'm so grateful that I get to run. It's just like such an amazing feeling. And don't get me wrong, like there are plenty of days that the last thing I want to do in the freaking world is go for a run, but I never regret it. And I always feel incredible when I run. So um, if you're on the fence about it, those are the reasons why I love running. And um, yeah, let's get into how to begin running and how you guys can stay consistent in it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, first of all, um, I made two free running plans for you guys to download. I've linked them in the show notes um, as a free download, and they'll also be listed on my website, ToriDeSimone.com. Um, they'll be on Etsy. They'll be on my Instagram. I'll just link them pretty much like anywhere and everywhere that I possibly can so that they are as easily accessible as possible. Um, I've made two plans through the help of my mom, who I mentioned before has... Um, was a really big runner uh, about 10 years ago at this point. Anyway, um, she's helped me and together we made two plans, one beginner and one intermediate plan. Neither plan is prepping for a race, but rather just to enter the routine of running into your fitness program. So if you're listening to this and you still are like, I kind of just don't even know how to begin. We made free plans for you guys to download. Link to them is in the show notes down below. Um, the beginner plan is for anyone at all fitness levels that just wants to run, but currently does not. The intermediate plan is for someone who currently has, um, some form of cardio base or some form of a fitness space, whatever it might be. And you want to incorporate running into your fitness routine. Again, neither plan is fitted for a race, but if you're trying um, or toying, I should say, maybe with the idea of a 5K or a half marathon or any sort of race in the future, these plans can be like a stepping stone 
into a training plan, but they're not like designed to get you to any sort of, you know, half marathon or anything like that. So um, if you guys want that link down below to go check it out, but let's begin with the mindset. So in order to begin running, you need to put yourself in the mindset of a runner. And this kind of ties back to the episode, you are what you repeat, which I will also link down below. But being a runner is a mindset. It's an identity. Anyone can call themselves a runner, but it's the repeated action of physically going out for runs that makes it feel real, right? And that really validates our behavior of calling ourselves a runner. I could say that I'm a locksmith all day long, but if I'm not out going to do locksmith things, then I probably would feel like a fraud calling myself a locksmith. Same thing with running. If I were to call myself a runner, it's because I'm going out and running once a week, twice a week, three times a week, four times a week, five times a week, whatever it might be. A consistent pattern forms an identity. A consistent action forms an identity. And in this case, you can be a runner regardless of how you compare your running journey to someone else's. Let me dive a little bit deeper into that. You do not need to run in races or run 10 miles a day to consider yourself a runner. If you run for five minutes a day, five miles a day, or five days a week, you are truly a runner. There's no threshold that you must pass in order to become a runner. So first and foremost, I want you to start calling yourself a runner and believe that you are a runner and then show up each and every day as a runner would. Begin with the identity and the mindset of runner because you truly are one. So shift your mindset and start saying that you're a runner and start believing that you're a runner and then start showing up every single day as a runner would. The next thing is to decide on how many days a week that you want to run. I think starting with three days a week is really great and gradually building up over time to more days a week. So when I first started training for my half marathon a couple years back, I did Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday runs. Um, you can drop down to, you know, two days a week. If you want to start with maybe a Tuesday, Friday, whatever it might work for you, but pick a couple days a week and start with that, commit to it, and then slowly progress up from there. So if you start with two, then maybe add in three. If you start with three over time, eventually add in four, and then four goes to five. What I will say with progression though, is you want to make sure that you're not progressing too quickly. Otherwise you will be knocking on injuries doorstep. And that is what we always want to avoid. So maybe you run Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Perfect. That's three days a week. Whatever your days are, decide what they are and stick to them. My next tip is probably my biggest tip, which is run minutes instead of miles. This is the thing that really changed running for me was when I started running for the minutes instead of the miles. Running two miles sounded really daunting, but running 20 minutes, I could do, even though for me, it was the same thing, right? If I went out for a, a 20 minute run, I was hitting two miles. But if I were to say, I'm going, I'm going to go out and run two miles, that sounded like really far to me. But 20 minutes was something that I could do. This is kind of where it ties back to the whole message that running really is a big mind game at the end of it. So however you have to like kind of play and trick yourself, you do, you do it. Running 60 minutes sounded really, really daunting, but running 30 minutes out and then 30 minutes back was something that I could do. It's that whole mind game thing. 
It also became more about time on feet rather than how long until my next mile marker was. So for example, if I was running for 30 minutes, whether I hit three miles or five miles in that 30 minutes, it didn't matter how fast or how slow I was going because I was going to run 30 minutes regardless. When I would go out on a run and I would feel like I was running too fast, I would just slow down if I was out of breath because I was running for the time, not the mileage. If I was running one mile and that took me 11 minutes, then it took me 11 minutes. If I was running one mile and it took me nine minutes, then it would take me nine minutes. It didn't matter the mileage. It just mattered the time. And that made running really welcoming and really beginner friendly for me. I also allowed myself to surrender to the run and just to coast in it rather than be caught up in the, I have two more miles to go or I have one more mile to go. It became, all right, well, I'm on this run for 30 minutes, so I'm just going to sink into it for 30 minutes rather than I'm on this run for three miles. I have a mile and a half out and a mile and a half back and I'm a half mile into it. So I just have one more mile. You see how like it just became so much more of a mindset and like a mind fuckery almost when it was about mileage as opposed to minutes. I was just able to really sink in, really surrender, and really just cruise in a 30-minute run instead of thinking like, I have three miles to go. You know, I was just really able to just be fully present in my run. Then the more confident I became with running within minutes, then I was able to start playing with the mileage and honestly get a little competitive with myself. And that was when it became really fun for me too. My first 60-minute run in this round of training for my marathon, I did it in Idaho this past March. I was visiting my sister, and there's a gorgeous trail in Idaho um, around the Boise area called the Green Belt. And I was running on the Green Belt, and I was scheduled to run for 60 minutes, but I wanted to hit six miles in that 60 minutes. Like, that was my goal. So I turned around at 30 minutes, and it was three miles, so that was great. I was right on par. Um, and then there was a couple moments in the run where I felt really challenged around the 40 minute mark. And had I was measuring by the miles, I think I would have been like, you know what? I'm really proud that I've run four miles at this point. Like I can kind of take a break. Like I can stop whatever it might be. But because I was running for the minutes, I was like, you know what? I'm at 40 minutes. I just ran 40. I have 20 more minutes to go. Like I know I can do it because I just did 20 minutes twice. So I'm just going to do it one more time. Plus I can really slow down and take this as slow as possible because once I hit 60 minutes, I can just stop running regardless of whatever distance I'm at. So that's the mindset that I adapted in that moment. And I just slowed down. And once I hit 60 minutes, I was at like 5.95 or something. So I just ran 0.05 more miles and I hit six miles in 61 minutes. And it was really fun that way. I was really proud of the distance that I ran, but it was such an approachable and welcoming mindset because of the minute mentality as opposed to the mileage mentality. Something else that's I just like about running that I want to add to this is that running just took me through really gorgeous neighborhoods that I wouldn't have otherwise seen driving. Like in this example, when I was on the green belt in Idaho, it brought me through this gorgeous neighborhood of like giant houses with like these gorgeous mansions and like tennis courts and huge pools. It was like so awesome to see. And it was a gated community. So the only way that I would have gotten in there was through the green belt on the trail. And I wouldn't have been able to go in through driving. So you also just see really cool things when you're running as opposed to, you know, driving and stuff. So anyway, 
Regardless of that whole conversation, when you are progressing and adding in more minutes, progress slowly. This is really the key to avoiding injury. Once you feel good at 20 minutes, then bump it up to 25. Then once you feel good at 25, then up it to 30. Then once you feel good at 35, up it to up. Once you feel good at 30, then up it to 35, 35, 40. You know what I mean? Increments of five minutes and it's going to really help you. And you might be able to progress quickly between increments of five minutes and that's great, but just do it slowly. Like don't go from like a 20 minute to a 60 minute jump. That is going to be too big of a progression and you could injure yourself and running injuries. We all get them are really not fun. So any way that you can avoid them is desirable. Okay. Also, I want to quickly talk about the quote unquote wall that, um, a lot of people talk about and a lot of people feel and that we feel pressure to get beyond the wall. You don't have to push yourself to run farther than you're ready to run. The wall is essentially where anything after a certain distance or a certain time becomes a struggle. So if you have a wall at 20 minutes or a wall at 60 minutes or a wall at at an hour, 30 minutes, whatever it might be, it's okay to have that wall and just have that be your threshold. Over time, you will be able to break down that wall and break down that threshold and move that needle just like one step further, maybe five minutes longer than before. But again, running is not, you're not a runner if you run really long runs. You know what I mean? You're a runner if you simply run, regardless if it's five minutes or five miles, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So don't feel like you have to be running a long distance in order for your runs to count because that's just simply not the case. So if you feel like you have been at you know, a 20 minute run for a month or two months now, and you feel like you're not progressing, that's okay. Just stay in that run until you feel confident enough to move it five more minutes and bring it to 25 minutes. And then that's going to become your new wall. And you're going to see that you progress and it's cool to see it, but give yourself time and patience to progress so that you're progressing safely and comfortably. Another weird thing that I've learned is that the longer the runs are, the easier it is, which sounds very backwards and sounds incredibly weird. But when you're in the mindset of I'm in a long run, I may as well just get really comfortable and cruise. It gets a lot easier to get lost in your runs, which makes the time really fly by. Slowly progressing to avoid injury and giving yourself grace is so, so important. I feel like I can't say that enough, Um, but the long runs really have been easier to get mentally into. Um, When I have a 30-minute run on the schedule, I find them harder than a 75 minute run on the schedule just because it's like 15 minutes out, 15 minutes back. It's like, it's like a sprint the whole time. And then I just don't really have enough time to get lost in it. And it, I, it's just mentally harder to get into, but the long runs are mentally easier to get into. So I just overall have a better run when they're longer, which is so interesting. That's just personal though. Maybe no one else will feel that way. That's how I feel. Something else that I've learned that has really stuck with me is that a third of your runs will be amazing. A third of them will be good and a third of them will suck. That's just a fact. And what else is really interesting is that most runs will have all three feelings during it. When I'm on a run and I feel really, really sucky, I remind myself that it's completely temporary and I will eventually feel good again. When I start to feel really good, I lean into that feeling and I smile. I look around, I soak up the scenery, I thank my legs, I thank my heart, I thank my lungs, I thank my body for being able to run. 
And then when I feel amazing, like, oh my God, I feel like I could fly. And honestly, that cycle of a sucky run, a good run, an amazing run, all within one run, they really do repeat throughout the entire run. And it's just, it's so interesting. Um, at the end of every run, I track how my runs went. And I always say that every run was great because they always are. Like even after the, every single time that I'm done a run, even if during the run, it was really hard. I will always say it was a great run because they always end up just being really great. The other day I was on a run and I was running over a bridge and the headwind was in insane on this bridge. Like literally I felt like I was SpongeBob delivering the crusty crab pizza. Like I could not, it was just insane. And I was wearing a windbreaker and I was like blowing away. It was so insane. Um, it was very, very hard and it was really sucky in that moment, but it was kind of funny. Like you just have to laugh at yourself in that moment, especially because the people that I was running past were going the opposite direction. So they had the tailwind. So to them, they heard nothing. Like when you're running against the wind, it's so loud because like the wind is in your ear. But when you're running with the wind and you have the tailwind behind you, um, it's quiet. You know, you don't really hear it. It feels like dead, dead air almost. So the people that were running past me the other way had no idea, like the literal hell that I'm running through. It was so funny. Like they don't know the struggle I'm feeling. Um, and for me, I'm like fighting for my life in this wind and the people going the opposite way probably thought I was like a crazy person. Cause I'm like smiling at myself. I'm like laughing. I'm like fighting for my life. And they're just like cruising on by. Um, I forget why I bring this up. Oh, because in the moment I was like, this sucks. Like, I can't believe this. And then as soon as the run ended, I was like, that was such a great run. Like I had a lot of fun doing it. And it's just crazy because in the moment it freaking sucks sometimes, but afterwards it's just always a really great run. When you are in the sucky part of a run, I encourage you to focus on what feels good. Running while it's absolutely a physical sport is so mental. It's very easy to stop and to walk and, you know, to give up on a run. It's very easy to do all that, but it's very rewarding to push yourself past the suck to feel good again, because you will feel good again. You won't have a run where it sucks the entire time. You might have a run where your legs feel like they're cement the whole time, or maybe your calf muscle hurts, or maybe you have a side stitch. Like there's going to be moments of your run where it definitely sucks, but the entire run is most likely not going to suck the entire time. So you will feel good again. So in the moments of suck, I want you just to remember what feels good. Um, the good feeling is always longer than the sucky parts of a run, especially, or at least for me, I should say, and you need to experience it all. So trust me, it is so worth it. It's just all part of the run and all runners, no matter how professional they are, how professional they look, Everyone struggles during a run. It would not be a run without feeling all of the emotions, but that's what makes it so awesome. And also smiling really helps. Also, so does talking to yourself. There was a run where I was literally talking to myself and I looked like a crazy person, but I did not care because I was just having a lot of fun. So all in all, how to begin running is to choose two to three days a week that work for you. Choose the minutes that you want to run and go slowly. I'm also talking about pace here. I used to think that runs had to be fast and that I was only a runner if I was hitting like eight minute miles or less. 
And that's why when I used to go out for runs, I would go way too freaking fast and I would burn out a mile two or three and I'd have to like call my dad to come pick me up or I would just stop and walk home the rest of the way. And then in turn, I would hate running because I would say that I wasn't good at it when in reality, I was just going too fast. Running a mile in four minutes or running a mile in 12 minutes is the same distance. It is still a mile. So run slowly and build a cardio base. I was floored and amazed to learn that runners get faster by running slowly in the majority of their training runs. That's why when you see elite runners being able to say that their slow run is at six or seven minute miles, it's because they've lowered their heart rate so much for running slowly for years. It takes time to build that. But when you run slowly, you're training your body to breathe more in control and lower your heart rate. And your aerobic base just builds over time and you're able to run faster while exerting less effort. But that only happens from running slowly time and time and time again. I feel like I myself has kind of just begun to see this in myself. Like I said earlier, my slow runs used to be anywhere between like a 1030, 1050 or so pace. And now it's about 955 to like a 10 minute mile, which is a really big change in, you know, just a couple of months. So my level of effort is the same and I don't feel myself being any more fatigued now than I did two, three, four months ago, but I'm just getting faster at my slow pace because the majority of my runs are me running very slowly. For my marathon program, I have one speed workout a week and one tempo run a week, which is essentially where like my coach will say, run at like a 945 pace for 15 minutes or run at a 910 pace for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever it might be. Um, But then my other two to three runs per week are very slow. And the majority of my runs, like I said, are slow. Slow meaning I can hold a conversation at that pace when I'm running. Um, And if I can't hold a conversation, it just means that I'm running too quickly. So run slowly. There's literally no metal waiting for you to run a five minute mile in a training run. There's no metal waiting for you to sprint in your slow runs when you're training, just run slowly. And you will actually be amazed that you will shave minutes off your mile. If you run slow for the majority of your runs, speed work is really fun. At least for me, I really enjoy like fart leg runs, especially I really enjoy it, but the slow runs are the base of it all. So run slow. Okay, let's chat about some extra things such as running coaches and running products that I recommend, and then I'll get into some questions you guys have asked me. Okay, do you need to hire a running coach? Let's dive into that. So my answer is it depends. For me, when it comes to my marathon training, I knew that I definitely wanted a running coach that I was paying for because above all, to be totally transparent, it would have kept me more accountable to have a coach that I was paying for. It's really easy to skip runs. And I'll be honest, like it's so easy to skip runs, especially when you're not feeling it. And it's very easy to sleep in and not go for a run. It's easy to not show up for your run. It's easy to say you don't have time for it. It is so goddamn easy. But when I have a coach that I'm paying every single month for, for a training program, I'm like going to go get my money's worth. You know what I mean? 
Um, also when I know I have a coach that can see my runs and writes a training program for me, I want to make sure that I'm doing the runs to the best of my ability. Not only because I know that like he can see my stats and like all my runs, but it's also really rewarding for me to know that I have a plan and that I'm sticking to it and I can see my progress on my runs. Also, when I have a coach who I've told my goals to of this marathon and just running in general, and he wants to see me win, I want to win even more too. So for me, it's definitely a big accountability factor is why I recommend a running coach for my current marathon. Um, And also on some days, it's just that extra push that I need. But there's also a lot of knowledge that comes with having a coach. Um, He's very knowledgeable in obviously the space of running. That's why he's a coach. He's very fast. He's very, very good with distance. And he's like a go-to person for me that I, when I have questions about running, he can answer them. And he knows he just, he's very knowledgeable. So it's just really nice to kind of have like a personal Google to go ask specifically about running. And that's how, that's also what I really like. Plus he was able to make me a marathon training program that is very, um, safe in terms of progression. And I had a lot of time to build with it and it's aligned with my goals. And it's not like a generic one that I found on Google. That's like a 16 week marathon program or whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, so for me, when it came to a marathon training program, I wanted a running coach for the accountability and for the knowledge database that were to come with it. Um, and kind of just have like a support system behind me. Now, if I was just running day to day, I don't, I don't think I'd be paying for a coach, but because of a race in mind, I personally think it's worth it. But at the end of the day, it's a personal decision. Um, having a coach depends on like how much it costs will depend on your coach. And I don't know, like if my coach's rate is normal or not, I I really am not sure. Um, I tried to like ask around a little bit, but I didn't really get anywhere. So I I don't know. But for me, it was within a budget that I could afford. And I find it very um, useful for me. So it's a decision that it's very personal to you. If you have a goal in mind, I think it's worth it. However, um, if you can't afford it, or you don't think it's worth it, then you absolutely don't need a running coach. I found my running coach, by the way, at a local running store. And if you're looking for a coach, I would start at your local running store or you can search on Instagram, like running coach, um, in your area. They also don't have to be localized. You can get a running coach that's online somewhere. Um, and they can train you virtually. I'm also really blessed to have my mom because my mom was a really big runner and she loves to share her knowledge and her love of running. So I get a lot of motivation and, um, banter with my mom when it comes to running. And I also have a friend, Britt, who is a really badass distance runner. I met her about five years ago when Stride Phoenixville first opened, and she's been a really big support system for me. Um, She calls me her 1%, and she's my 1% too. I just love us. So yeah, it's really great to have a support system behind you, and um, they kind of all act as a running coach for me, and I'm really blessed. Running is really wild because technically it's like a solo sport, but there is so much community behind it. And I'm very slowly forming a community of runners like around me. And it's really cool. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, Let's talk about some products. So the great thing about running is that you don't need a ton of stuff to get started. 
So let's start with the basics. And then if you want to get fancy and be extra, which you totally can, um, I'll have a couple recommendations for those as well. Let's start with the most obvious is running shoes. Which running shoes do I recommend? This is insanely personal and I can't sit here and recommend a shoe to you. The best thing that I can, however, recommend for you to do is to throw whatever you've seen on Instagram out the window Go to your local running store, talk to one of the workers in there most of the time. I mean, everyone that I've talked to at a running store has always been a runner. Um, Talk to a worker there and get fitted. Tell the worker what exactly you, or I guess running expert, tell them exactly what it is you're looking for. Are you looking to run a marathon? Are you looking to Boston qualify? Are you looking to go fast? Are you looking to support your knees? Are you looking for a shoe to walk in? Are you looking for a leisurely running errand shoe? Are you looking for a 5k shoe? Like what are the goals that you want out of your running shoe? And they will properly fit you. And then they'll give you a couple options according to what you have expressed to them that you are looking for. The reason why you want to say as much detail as you can is because there are so many different shoes on the market for so many different reasons. I also recently learned that some running shoes are illegal. I didn't know that. Some of them are illegal because they have carbon plates in them. Some, I guess. So like if you're looking to qualify in certain races, if you have this one carbon plate, you get disqualified from qualifying because they technically make you run faster. I don't really know. So, you know, if, if you also tell them like, Oh, I have problems with my shins. Like they, they can recommend a shoe for you. That's, that's uh, going to help that. If you want to feel like you're running on a cloud, there's shoes for that. If you want to feel like you're running on, you know, less cushion, there's shoes for that. So I can't sit here and tell you like, try this shoe because it's wildly personal. The the best thing I can do is tell you to go to a local running store, talk to the worker, express what you're looking for. And even if you don't know what you're looking for, say that, say, I'm a, a, I'm a complete beginner. I have no idea what I'm looking for. And they will fit you up, set you up with the right shoe that feels best for you. Um, I ran my half marathon in a Hoka Clifton eight, and I'm currently training in the Saucony endorphin speed three. And I really, really like the speed three and I will most likely purchase them again before my marathon. Um, I chose this shoe because I liked one, how they felt, but they were also really great for distance and speed and they're carbon plated, but I think they're legal. I mean, it's not like I'm qualifying for Boston, but they're legal. Um, and I, I really like them. So you can take that for whatever you will. But again, I'm not necessarily recommending the shoe. Um, for me, it works really great for my needs, but I know some people want a lot, a lot of cushion. They want it to be really lightweight, whatever it might be, whatever you're going to find the right shoe that works for you. And it might take trial and error. Um, I did not repurchase the Hoka's because I thought they were fine, but I just wanted to try a different shoe and I really like the Saucony before my Hoka's I had on clouds and I did not like them. I guess they're just on, isn't it? But it was like on cloud something. I don't know. I didn't really like them. I didn't think that enough like cushion in them, but that's just me. So anyway, some runners will also rotate shoes throughout training. I would talk to someone at your running store and see if that's necessarily necessary for you in your training process. For me, it's not because of the shoe that I have. It's good for both distance and speed. But I did ask my running coach, like, should I have two shoes? He said no because of my shoe. So I was good there. 
Anyway, I will say though, if anyone is watching this that has any connection to any running brands, please, for the love of God, release shoe colors that are not like neon. Please. Why do I have to run in like ugly shoe colors? I just want a neutral shoe. Is that too much to ask for? I just want a neutral shoe. Thank you. Moving on. Okay. Um, let's talk about watches. I love running with a GPS watch and I definitely encourage and recommend getting a watch for running specifically. Um, I've used three watches. I've used the Garmin Forerunner 55. I've used the Apple watch and my current watch is the Coros Pace 2. Of all three, my favorite is by far, by far the Coros Pace 2. I will do a mini review this week on my Instagram of the watches. So if you're interested in that, head over to Tori Sterling underscore where I'll post that later this week. But here's the gist of it. The Garmin was a really great starter running watch with really great statistics on the Garmin app. It's what I ran my half marathon in. It was great. The only downside of that watch was the GPS. The GPS would take a very long time to load. I'm talking like minutes before a run, which is a very long time. Um, it shouldn't really take that long. So it was just really annoying to have to wait minutes for the GPS to load. And I would often run with my friend Brandy during the half marathon. Her and I have the same watch and our GPSs were never synced. So like she would hit a mile, like honestly a minute before my watch would say I hit a mile. And it was kind of weird because we were running right next to each other the whole time. And we were always off in our distances. So someone was always technically running longer than the person next to us. And we didn't know why. So yeah, the Garmin GPS was a little off in the Forerunner 55 for me. The Apple watch was good. It did not give crazy running stats or anything, but I also want to say that I have a very old Apple watch, so it could just be because of that. But I will say that now the Apple watch is really upping its game to compete with other running watches. Mine is older and not fancy, but it definitely did a good job tracking the distance, the heart rate, the time, the basics. And that's really all that you need when you're just starting out when it comes to running. The Coros Pace 2 though is wow. Um, it's very, I think, reasonably priced. It's about $200. And for $200, you are getting a great watch with an insane amount of features. The Garmin had a lot of statistics. The Koros is like an encyclopedia of statistics. And I feel like I have like the very base level watch from Koros and it is jam packed with stats. It's really cool. The GPS on that watch also loads in seconds, which is obviously the big reason why I didn't like Garmin. So it loads very quickly and I find it to be incredibly accurate. What I also really like about the Koros Pace 2 is that I can program speed workouts into my Koros app on my phone, which is a free app once you have the watch, by the way, which is awesome. Uh, I can put a workout in my app and then that will sync to my watch so that when I'm on my run, it'll tell me when to slow down, when to speed up, what, what my pace is at, how much more of a lap distance I have. It'll tell me anything that I program into it. It will tell me my routes. It's a really cool high-tech watch, I think, for a really great price point. Um, 
And it's just really, really awesome. You can also switch out like the metrics of it. So if I'm doing like a fartlek run, for example, I can say that I want to, um, or maybe a track workout's a better example. I can say that I want to do a two mile warm up and then a 400 meter sprint at a seven minute per mile pace and then a 400 meter cool down at a 10 minute per mile pace and then a 15 minute cool down. Like you can mix all these different measurements together, which is really cool. And it syncs perfectly and your watch will tell you when to do everything and it, it's just, it's like a, it's really a, an awesome watch. I definitely recommend it. Um, it's a great gift if your birthday's coming up or an anniversary, or you want to buy yourself a gift or whatever it might be. If you want to invest into a new running journey, I think shoes and a Coros watch is a great investment and you'll be set for a very long time. Um, okay. Like I said, the stats on the Coros app are next level. The stats that I get from just one run is insane. I can see everything from my route, my heart rate, my threshold, my pace, my pace threshold, which I don't even know what that is. Um, my stride. That's pretty cool. Like how big my footsteps were. That's cool. Obviously the distance, my elevation, um, how much longer until I'm fully recovered. I can see what rest. It also will predict my race time. So it's predicting like that I'll run my marathon in X amount of time based off my training runs. It's just really cool what this app does. It can track your sleep. I have an aura ring that tracks my sleep and stuff. So I don't really use my watch for anything other than runs. I am not wearing it now. I really only wear it when I run, but it's really cool. The battery life lasts a really, really long time on it. I think it's like 30 days or something. It's really cool. And, um, what I also really like about this one, as opposed to the Garmin and the Apple Watch, is that a run does not drain the battery, which you would think is a good thing for a running watch. But my Garmin, when I would go for a run, I would have to charge it pretty regularly. And my Apple Watch, like after one run, it was t- it was totally dead. So the uh, Coros, when I take it out for a run, if I'm at 100%, at the end of a run, I'll be at 99%. So it's like, it took 1% battery to do that whole run. So it's just such a great watch. I definitely recommend it. Um, I'll link it below. Um, with that being said though, I will say there's something about going for a run without your watch and just running. Training is really awesome, but also just going on like a plain old run is equally as awesome. I get asked frequently about which headphones I like to run with. I don't run with headphones a lot because I just don't love it. Um, But whenever I do go out with headphones, I honestly just use like the plug-in headphones that you get from like the Apple store that come with like phones and stuff. All my headphones that are fancy tend to die on me. So I haven't ever really been able to get good runs in with them. I either get way too sweaty or it's too hot out or it's too cold or they fall out of my ear. So I prefer not to run with any music at all. I find it more distracting than I do helpful because I'll kind of get in the mindset of counting the music. So I'll be like, okay, this is a three minute song and I've now listened to three, three minute songs. So I'm about nine minutes in, which means I should be at about a mile in another minute or so. So I just get more in my head when with music and when I take music away altogether or podcast away altogether, I tend to enjoy the runs a lot more. Um, there have absolutely though been runs where I do wear music or listen to music and podcasts. And those have been great too. Sometimes I'm really in the mood for it, 
but most of the time I run without headphones. I will link a pair of um, open ear headphones, however, that I have seen that I've been wanting to potentially try out on the days that I do want runs just because I like to be very aware of my surroundings. And I'll talk about run safety in a minute. A lot of you guys also asked questions about that. So I do want to dive into being safe on your runs, especially as girls. Um, I can't even like guys ugh, it's, will never, I'm, I'm sure guys understand, but girls, we really get it. Like, anyway, we'll talk, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, but I do like to be very aware when I'm on my runs and I find that no headphones is the best way to do it. But these open ear headphones, I'll link them down below. I haven't ever used them, but I think if I were to buy headphones, those would be the ones I would buy next. Speaking of which, when it comes to run safety, I always run with my phone on me. Um, I just feel a lot safer and that is a good feeling, but I never touch it. I don't go on it. I don't play with it. I just, it's just with me. There was one time that I did not bring my phone with me and I felt so out of it the whole run because I felt incredibly unsafe and I was nervous like the whole time. So I always bring my phone with me. I use an armband for my phone. I will link the one that I use. It's from Amazon. It's a couple of bucks and it's great. I definitely recommend an armband for running. I know some people like to use belts for their phones, like SBI belts, spy belts. Lululemon has one. I've tried using belts and no matter how tight I tie them or where I put them on my body, they always just bounce up and down and it's so annoying. So I just prefer an armband and it's really great to be hands-free when you run. Um, I've yet to begin carrying any sort of like water or goose with me, but when I start doing longer distance runs, I will start to try out, you know, goose and stuff like that. Um, I'll make a post about this on my Instagram or my website about fueling on runs, but I am yet to fuel on my run so far. I think anything past 10, I will begin to experiment with fueling and slowly introducing food into my stomach mid run. But I tend to eat a little bit before my runs. My go-to is a banana or a banana muffin. It works really well for me. You just have to try some foods out and see what your stomach likes and see what your stomach doesn't like, which is a very dangerous game to play and honestly not a fun one. It's bitten me a couple times in the butt and that's not really fun. But I will say it's necessary to see what your stomach likes and what your stomach doesn't like. And I feel very blessed that because of spin, my stomach has been like conditioned to kind of have food before I do a cardio workout such as spin. So when it came to running, it wasn't that big of a transition. However, there has been a run where I really was like fighting for my life during a run. That was not fun. I will also say that I've learned through training that my stomach does not like afternoon runs. It really prefers the morning, so I try always to run first thing in the morning. I do currently drink G1M Sport by BPN um, Supplements. It's an electrolyte drink with sodium and carbohydrates in it. I will drink it after my runs. If my boyfriend is biking with me on runs, I will have him carry it in a backpack, and I'll have like maybe a sip or two during the run. But normally, I run it. I drink it after my runs, and it's really great. It's delicious. It refills my salt levels and I get carbs. So I like it a lot. 
let's talk about some clothes that I wear. In the warm weather, I really love running in Free People the Way Home shorts. They're high-waisted and they're flowy, but they're not constructive. Um, I also really like the Lululemon Fast and Free shorts, but use caution with these shorts because they are so teeny tiny. It will feel like you're running naked, which it's like fine, but I really only try to wear them at the beach. It's just like a lot for like the suburbs to like literally be running around like naked in these shorts. It's like kind of a lot. I'll link everything below what I'm talking about as well. Um, I really like flowy shorts for running and I really like high-waisted shorts for running. So those two, the free people and the Lululemon ones, they're both high-waisted and flowy. My favorite sports bras to run in, regardless of the time of year, is the Lululemon Energy Bra. I also really like the Amazon Lemony Tops. I'll link them down below. I have a smaller chest, so I can get away with wearing um, a tank top that has built-in pads. For long sleeve, I really like the Lululemon Swift long sleeve um, shirts. I'll link them down below. I also really like the fast and the free legging for pants. If you're running somewhere where it's really cold, they do also make fleece lined fast and the free leggings. I think they're really great. I really like Lululemon running products. I think they do a really great job when it comes to socks. I really like the Lululemon power stride running sock because they do not get wet. I don't know how it's possible, but they don't get wet. And because of that, I don't blister on my feet. And that's really great. Lululemon also has great headbands that are very grippy and they stay in place. So I use that quite frequently when it comes to hats. Um, I just use any regular dad hat. I have like a, a couple stride hats that I like. I have a couple Nike hats that I like. Um, nothing crazy, but I do like those hats and I try to keep it as simple as possible with the least amount of accessories as possible. When I go for runs, um, that's typically why normally when I go for runs, I have shoes, socks, bottoms of some sort, a top of some sort. If I need like a long sleeve windbreaker, I'll put it on over top. If I get hot, I'll take it off tight around my waist. Um, and then I bring my phone with me and I'm out the door. So I try to keep it as simple as possible when I'm on my runs. I would also like to recommend a book. It is called Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor. She is an Olympic marathon runner and my mom bought me this book when it was right before my half marathon in 2021 and I was obsessed. Her journey is really amazing, but her mindset is even better. The title truly says it all. Running is so mental and when you want to give up, your mind has so much more to go than your body does. Your mind always wants to give up before your body. So if you master your mind, you will win every single run. Okay. So that was about an hour and five minutes of me blabbering about running, running, running. And now I asked you guys on Instagram, what questions you have for me. So let's dive into those answers. Okay. The first question is, um, where did I put it? Here we go. Let's dive into these. Okay. How do you run with stomach cramps? Okay. This is a really great question and I'm going to answer this two ways. So I'm going to answer this as like when it's my time of the month versus a side stitch. So when I am on my period out for a run, I like to take it slow and give myself grace. Sometimes it's really hard to work out on your period because you're very crampy. So I tend to rest as much as I can when I'm not running. And then when I feel ready and good, I head out and I take it slow. 
I do like to train on my period though, because I feel better afterwards and I might be on my period during my marathon. So it's definitely good to train in it just in case I am. Um, I do make sure that I eat enough binding foods as well. When I'm on my period, I naturally have to go to the bathroom more as I think like most of us girlies do. Um, And runs can really increase bathroom visits as it is. So I like to just make sure that I'm having binding foods to where I'm not feeling like sick on my runs. Um, So I make sure that I also go to the bathroom before my runs and I don't eat anything that would upset my stomach before my runs. Along with this, um, I once have had a runner's stomach on a run and it was the worst. Like I was literally debating my life on the run and it was, it was very humbling to say the least. So I stick to running, especially in the morning. Cause that was also in the afternoon. So I stick to running in the morning because that's what my stomach, um, likes the most. And I also have just found it easier for me personally to run first thing in the morning. And I just eat foods that I know really work with me. And along with that, I've also learned what foods don't work with me. And that's where it becomes trial and error and how it's just kind of hard to figure that out, but necessary to figure it out. And you, you, you might regret it a couple times. Like I've learned for me that apples are not my friend before a run. I've also learned that cookie dough is not my friend before a run. I should have known about the whole cookie dough one, but I don't know. I was like, oh, I have a stomach of steel. Yeah, I did not have a stomach of steel. So it's all trial and error. When it comes to a side stitch, um, I do breathe a certain way the entire run to prevent side stitching. So what I do is that I breathe in once through my nose and out twice through my mouth. So it sounds like... And this helps the entire run with side stitching. And whenever I run like that, you do just naturally get in a rhythm with your steps and your breathing, which is also very fun to focus on during the run, which is also why I think it becomes very meditative because I do focus on breath pretty much the entire run. So that really helps minimize side stitching. But if I do get a side stitch, I will remain with that same breathing technique, but I slow down my pace and I put my hands on my head and then typically hands head slow down with that same breathing once your nose twice through your mouth it will work its way out in about a minute or two and if you need to walk you just stop and walk um another thing is that I try to avoid swallowing as much as possible when I'm on my run not always possible but as much as I can I try to avoid it meaning like I'll spit or I will just sounds so gross, but like save it until I like, we'll just do like a couple swallows throughout the run. I'm just trying not to like continuously swallow my spit like during runs is what I'm saying. I don't know if that's gross to say, but we all know what I'm talking about. Um, the reason why is because whenever I swallow spit a lot, I tend to get like a side stitch and disrupts my breathing. So I just like to avoid it as much as possible. So I do spit a little bit on my runs and maybe that's gross and maybe you'll judge me, but I don't care. Okay. So that's how I avoid side stitches. How do you feel safe when you run? This is another great question. And I do a few things. And I also want to say, I do, a, I do a couple things, but I'm also on high alert at all times on all of my runs. So number one is I run in the daylight always. 
If it's early morning, I wait for the sun to be out. And if it's at night, I make sure that it's before the sun sets. I will never run when it's dark out. And if I do, I will not ever run alone. And I won't even go alone with a headlamp. Like I just simply won't go alone. I just don't feel safe running in the dark and I, I, and I probably never will. So I will always run in the daylight no matter what. Even if the sun is like still coming up, like that's daylight. So any sort of light I will run in, but dark, I will not run in the dark. Another thing that I do is I try to switch up my routes. Um, I like routine, but I like to switch up my routes just in case someone sees me running frequently. I don't want them thinking that I run every Tuesday at the same time on the same route. Um, That just to me feels very unsafe. And I feel like I've seen like murder documentaries where people are like, yeah, I saw, like I knew her because I saw her running her routes and then she ends up like dead in in the woods. No thanks. So I try to switch up my routes as much as possible um, to keep myself safe. Along with that, I do not post my runs until after and I don't post my routes. Um, I won't say like on Instagram, like, oh, today's Tuesday. I'm going to go for a 60 minute run later today. Like I won't really say in advance what my runs are. Um, I will just say it afterwards along with this. Um, I use the Strava app, but my settings are private. So people cannot see my runs. They cannot see my routes. Um, I don't think anyone can. I made it private only for me or sorry, public only for me. So I'm the only person that can see my routes. No one else can. Um, I don't even know. I don't know why Strava makes it public for everyone to see routes. I think that is very unsafe. So I make sure that my Strava routes are absolutely private. Another thing that I do is I keep my headphones off. I don't wear them at all. Or if I do use headphones, I only have one earbud in. I like to listen to my surroundings and I also like to look like I'm aware. If someone were to see me on the trail and I had like headphones over my ears or whatever it might be, you look very much so unaware. And especially like I always, I just get nervous because, you know, normally when I run, my hair is back in a ponytail and it's so easy for someone to come up behind you. If you don't hear them yank your ponytail and like, I don't mean to like scare anyone, but like you have to be aware when you're running, like you can't be just, you know, totally zoned out. Like you can be in the zone of your run, but you need to be aware of your surroundings. So if I do use headphones, I will only have one earbud in, or I will make sure that they're on a transparent option if I have them both in, which is rare, but, um, I'm very aware and I like to listen to my surroundings. Another thing is I always have my phone on me. Um, if I need to call for help, that's one reason. If I, need to have my location tracked. That's another reason, but I also just feel safer having my phone on me. I remember one time I was on a run and it was the middle of the, it was 10 AM broad daylight, gorgeous, sunny day. I'm on a trail and all of a sudden a van starts driving on the trail and there was no one else on the trail. It was just me and it was a van. And I started to freak out because number one, a van shouldn't even be on the trail. And number two, I'm like a mile and a half in the trail from any sort of exit. The only way, like I'm in the middle of the trail and I could either get out of it by running a mile forward or a mile and a half backwards. But if I were to go to my left, I'd be in a river. And if I were to go to the right, I'd be up in woods. Like there was nowhere else to go. And there's a van on the trail. And I pulled out my phone and I called my boyfriend and I was talking to him 
on the phone while I was on the run and it ended up being nothing. It was there, like I mentioned to my left, there was a river. It was actually an ocean or a riverbank conservation van. It was two women. They were planting trees, but it made me feel very unsafe in the moment because I didn't, I didn't know who was in the van. All I know is that there's a van on the trail in the middle of the day. It shouldn't really be here and I can't really get out. So it was scary. I ended up calling my boyfriend. Thank God I had my phone with me because I was just able to talk to someone. And when, you know, let's say there is someone sketchy that you see on your runs or that makes you feel unsafe. If you're talking on the phone to someone, it just, it just kind of lets them know that you're not alone. You're like someone else is listening to what's going on. Another thing that I'll do if I don't actually have anyone to call, but I see someone on a run or on a trail or whatever that I just don't really like the vibe of, like I just get a sketchy feeling from them. I'll just start talking out loud as if I'm on the phone with someone or like I'm crazy. Honestly, I'll just start talking. Um, I don't care if I look crazy. I'd rather be safe than look crazy or no, I'd rather be safe and look crazy than look sane and be unsafe. So I don't care. I literally don't care. Um, another thing, if you can run with a buddy, absolutely do it. I would love to run with a friend, but sometimes, most of the time, it's honestly just hard with scheduling for this to happen. I mentioned a little bit earlier that my boyfriend will bike with me when he can. So like I'll go for a run, he'll bike next to me. And I always feel incredibly safe when he's with me and that really helps, but it's not always possible. Um, another thing that I do is I make sure to make eye contact with everyone that I see along the way just so that they know like I see you and I'm not I'm not one to mess with no I probably look like very frail and tiny and like someone to mess with on the trails but I'm letting them know like I see you and nothing's gonna happen I'm aware I'm very alert so I definitely like to do that and I like to make sure people know that it looks like I'm very aware as opposed to um just a girl alone running without a care in the world. I don't want to look stupid. I want to look very aware. Um, another thing is I only run where I feel safe. Now, again, with this, like I said, everywhere that I've been talking about, I've always, I feel like I'm, I'm always in a good area when I run and I run in the daytime. I am not, I'm not stupid about where I run. However, there are still moments where you feel unsafe when you see someone that maybe you don't really like on the trail or, in the neighborhoods or whatever it might be, um, you can still be somewhere safe and feel unsafe. So with that being said, I try to run wherever I feel safe. So I definitely avoid wooded areas. I avoid cliffs. I avoid anywhere that feels remotely sketchy. I avoid running at night. I try to stay as seen as possible. I love running on trails. So I try to run on trails during broad daylight when I know they're going to be popular when there's going to be a lot of people also on the trail. Um, does that always mean it's going to happen? No, but I try my absolute best to make the safest decisions at all times. And that's how I stay safe. Okay. Next question. Do you take walking breaks? Yes. Uh, you always definitely can. I take walking breaks if I need to, but I will typically just slow down if I need a break. Once I walk, I find it a little bit harder to actually start back up again. My legs get a little bit heavier. Um, my mindset's like a little bit off, but I find that if I just slow down in my runs, even if I'm running like a 13 minute mile pace, whatever it might be, it's just easier for me to stay in a very, very slow run than it is to walk and then start back up running again. So for me, it just works to very much so slow down. But if you want to walk, absolutely walk. What is your current workout split? Okay. So currently my split is a little bit weird because most 
typically long runs will be on a weekend. But for me, my weekends are my busiest. So I actually put my long runs in the middle of the week on a Wednesday. So this is my current split, at least for the summer anyway. Mondays are my speed runs. So this is like a fart lick or a track workout. Um, and essentially it's just where I get speed work into my runs. And I also teach spin on Mondays. Tuesdays are strength training of any sort, whether it be yoga, Pilates, or weights. Um, I strength train in some capacity. I don't run on Tuesdays. Wednesdays are my long runs. These are very slow and yeah, they're long. Um, they range anywhere from like a minute to or a minute, an hour to two hours. Um, but they are currently my long runs on Wednesdays. Thursdays are my shakeout runs and these are typically shorter, but just as slow, if not slower than my long run. Um, and I really like doing a shakeout run after a long run because I get to train on tired legs and I know that in the marathon, my legs are going to feel tired. So it's kind of good to adjust my legs to that feeling. It's not always fun, but it's, it's good training. Fridays, I do another strength workout. Again, it could be yoga, Pilates, bar, weights, really anything. And then I also teach spin on Friday mornings. Saturdays are off completely. So I try not to do any sort of physical activities on Saturdays, meaning, um, teaching spin, running, anything like that. If I want to go for a walk, I will, but nothing strenuous at all. And then Sundays are tempo runs. And I also really like tempo runs. Um, these are slower runs with some pace work built into it. So typically it's like take, you know, 15 minute warm up and then 25 minutes at a nine minute per mile pace and then 15 minute cool down or whatever pace. So I really like those. And those are typically like a medium length run. So that is my current split. And the last question that um, I'm going to answer today is how to prioritize runs on busy weeks. Girl, I am very much so in the busy season of my life right now. So I feel you on this. I run before my day begins. So I wake up at 5 a.m. I run around 5.30 and 5.45 a.m. And um, then I'm done typically by like 7 a.m. And it's amazing. I can do this right now because the sun is out earlier. So it's very light out when I go for my runs and I feel very safe. Um, but in the winter, I do run later in the morning. But that's also because my life just kind of slows down a little bit in the winter time. Stride Seattle is not open, so I'm able to um, run a little bit later in the mornings. It's also not as hot, so I'm able to run later in the mornings. Like if I were to wait until 8 a.m., 9 a.m. to run right now, it would be very, very hot and humid in the mornings. So that's why I try to run as early as possible to also beat the humidity. So I prioritize it just by waking up earlier and getting out earlier. That also means I go to bed earlier. Like lately this past week, I've been going to bed between 8 and 9 p.m. And I've been getting incredible sleep and waking up and having incredible runs. So it's so worth it for me. Okay, you guys, this has been an hour and a half episode. I think I have talked your freaking ear off. If you have any more questions at all, please comment on the YouTube video, comment on the um, Instagram, which is at Manifestatory Simone, or DM either Manifestatory Simone Instagram or my personal Instagram at Toy Sterling with any more questions. And I will post as many questions as I can with the answers as possible. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I hope this was everything you guys wanted and more. And I would love it if you guys would tag me on your runs. Um, I want to see 
your your distances, your minutes, your runs. I want it all all to encourage one another in this running community. And yeah, I'm just very excited for um, all of the interest that you guys show with running. And um, I'm just really excited for. I don't know for all the running possibilities. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. I love you guys so much. I am like exhausted from talking. So I'm going to shut up for the rest of the day. I love you guys. And I will talk to you guys next Monday. Happy manifest Monday. Bye guys.